Welcome to Future of Tech, hosted by Avishai Shalin, Division President of Amdocs Technology. In this podcast, Avishai sits down with some of the most innovative minds in technology. And in this special season, Future of Tech tackles generative AI with interviews with some of the industry's leading thinkers. So sit back, relax, and maybe take some notes, because what you hear on the show might just be a glimpse into the future. Today's guest, Michael Kagan, is the Chief Technology Officer of NVIDIA, a world leader in artificial intelligence computing. Michael recently said that Gen AI is having its iPhone moment. He and Avishai dive into exactly what he means by that and the challenges and opportunities brought by Gen AI's rapid growth. Future of Tech is brought to you by Amdocs Tech. Amdocs Tech is Amdocs' R&D and technology center, paving the way to a better connected future by creating open, innovative, best-in-class products and continuously evolving the way we work, learn, and live. To learn more about Amdocs, visit the Amdocs technology page on LinkedIn. Hi, and welcome to a new episode of Future of Tech. Our focus today is uh, Gen AI. I'm very happy and pleased to have with me uh, Michael Kagan, who is the CTO of NVIDIA. Welcome, Michael. Thank you very much. My pleasure to be here. So you've you've been in two major, uh, let's say, chip-related companies throughout the years. And at what point you are engaged in uh, AI? The AI, first, I was uh, very intrigued by AI, starting with the image recognition. Also, it was about, I think it was about 2010, 10-ish time frame, when uh, AI models were capable of explaining what do they see in the image. This multimodality was uh, eye-opening. I didn't know exactly how it's going to evolve, but uh, my feeling was that this is something that will change the world. People were talking about uh, uh, Murlow bending over, so it's not, uh, the, the curve is not... Uh, delivering uh, as, as before. But you see there is a huge new opportunities that's opening up that are looking for compute. It's actually, you know, you go through the whole human history. We develop technology, then we start to use it, then our appetite grows. Now this technology doesn't meet uh, the requirements anymore. We need to develop new technology and so on and so forth. It's like, a, you know, this perpetual uh, spiral. So that's that's where it it caught me. And actually, uh, our interconnect was uh, used to build uh, the big AI machines. The big super, super, it's basically supercomputing technology that uh, that was using on the to build the big AI machines uh, in with all the all, all the big guys. And at some point, uh, well, it was in 2019, Nvidia acquired Mellanox, and uh, this, in a sense, it's. Sort of, it was some closing circle on my side. Let's maybe gradually take it one step at a time. So, you have the perspective of today. Looking into the history, you know, many times we are encountering a technology and people say this is going to change the world. And then, either a year after, or two years after, or three years after, it's dead, and then some, something else is coming. Was there a point in time that you felt that? Uh, AI is missing something, or immediately when you saw it, you understood that uh, it's going to uh, revolutionize everything? 
Well, as, as I mentioned, the multimodality, this ability to interconnect different represent, representations of the same thing, this is something that was eye-opening for me. Okay, usually, you know, you, you have the computer and you program the computer and the programming of the computer is basically like uh, explaining uh, what to do and then you do. The computer does it much faster than people, but but, but there are some some interesting ch- challenges that we cannot explain. Like you cannot explain what's the difference, how to distinguish between cat and dog. But this multimodality and this uh, human brain inspired or studies of human brain inspired data processing open it up, I think, this new dimension of what we can do for ourselves and uh, uh, in the world. And this was this was eye opening for me. It was uh, it was amazing, amazing thing. I didn't I didn't think about it. It just you know well some things you can do, some things you cannot do. But uh, there's there's uh, people who are building these uh, these machines and uh, these technologies that enabled very new things. So you you talked about the need for a stronger hardware chips. Which is kind of uh, what what we understand because we look into you know uh, again from a time perspective and we see that every X years we're getting better processors but but what is unique in the sense of the characteristics that gen AI needs that not every chipset can can address ah okay so so the thing is that you know traditionally uh, the computers were getting smaller and Or there were getting you know more performance within the pretty much the same uh, the same size now the computing getting bigger the AI machine it's not it's not a, a box that you can put under the table you need to uh, build a building that can fit two boings to build uh, the AI machine so it is it is not just extra chips it's the new computing platform the computer now is a data center as a whole and This is the this is the computer and this is 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 the data processing machine that it's machine that transforms data to information machine that uh, generates intelligence produces it's like uh, you know the power plant takes uh, uh, oil or uh, or you know nuclear energy and uh, produces electricity the AI factories they are producing information it's not just a chip chip is the very basic but there is a CPUs there is a GPUs GPUs is they used to be graphic processor unit now it's a general processing processing unit because that's what actually doing the heavy lifting job and you can build uh, AI machines uh, just with the CPUs they're just not practical it is it's it's a lot of space a lot of power and very slow you have to have uh, accelerator and, and you you can't make it also with one GPU it's not enough to do things like chat GPT many of them and you need to connect them together very efficiently uh, to build uh, this huge processing machine and this uh, data center as a as a computer it requires operating system on the small computers or traditional computers operating system runs on the CPU. Uh, because uh, it can run on the CPU because uh, what operating system does it basically provisions it manages resources managing resources of uh, one computer it's not very very hard thing managing resources of the data center scale computer is uh, much 
more difficult difficult job and uh, therefore you need uh, a dedicated computing platform infrastructure computing platform to run the operating system of the data center and that's actually what technology that we developed at Mellanox that what we brought uh, to Nvidia so now we can build we ha- we have all the elements that are needed it is uh, you know CPU uh, we just uh, in- of course we work with the x86 but we also introduced uh, Nvidia Grace CPU that's you need to maintain the uh, handle the framework of the application. A GPU, that's where the data crunching is done. A DPU, that's the data process, processing unit, that's the platform, computing platform for the operating system of the data center. And very high performance network. It's a uh, you know cable switches and a whole bunch of software that integrates these elements to have a single computer doing things, amazing things like training ChatGPT. It took uh, more than 300 zillion petaflops to train ChatGPT. And zillion is uh, one with uh, 21 zeros. So that's a lot of computing. So you, you've mentioned four components. Let's see if I, if I remember the right. The CPU, which everybody knows what it is. You briefly discussed the GPU and you touched... And I'd like you maybe to extend a bit more the DPU. What's the the role of the DPU? Before going into, again, the software. Uh... Well, the role of the DPU is a hardware uh, that is designed to run operating system of the data center, which means it connects the compute elements together. It, it provisions them so you can have full isolation and protection because data center... It's a multi multi tenant uh, machine. There is uh, many different uh, tenants or c- customers uh, running their applications. You need to make sure that none none of them uh, is not harming you, is not harming others, and also you ne- you also need to make sure that the customers that that bring you their data to the data center, they expect that data center operator will not be able to see the data. It's uh, confidential computing. So all this. Things need to be done and managed by the operating system of the data center. And this operating system of the data center is a distinct computing platform, which, which with its own processors and uh, its own uh, memory system, it's not connected to the application tier, and it, man- it provisions and manages the resources of the, of the computer, this big computer. You did mention a new term, which I'd like you maybe to explain to our audience called confidential computing. What is it all about? And then I'll come back to uh, your analogy about the data center, which uh, triggered some additional question for me. But let's start first with the uh, confidential computing. In short, confidential computing means that I, as a customer, run on the platform that is trusted. So my data and my confidential information will not be exposed to anyone, not to other customers that are running on the same machine and not to the data center operator itself. This is just short thing. And there is a whole bunch of things that you need to do in order to make it work. But uh, that's, that's, that's what confidential computing is. So going back to your data center in a way analogy, you said that if in the past it was a single computer, and now I have hundreds of thousands of, of those working together 
in a, in a network environment like in a data center to produce the the CPU power I I, I need to consume. And then you have this uh, operating system that uh, is kind of uh, synchronizing all those resources and, uh, and allowing me to utilize them. Is this a proprietary data center in the sense of like I bought in the past a computer and it was IBM computer, a Lenovo computer, a Dell computer. So now I'm buying a data center, which is a company or it's a a mixture of technologies and a mixture of... There are multiple entities in the world uh, building public cloud data centers. It's Azure, uh, Google, Amazon. There's many of them. And uh, so... People know how to build these computers. We, de- we, de- we develop, the, we, we have this full architecture in mind. We develop this computer, actually build it in-house, and then we sell it either as a whole or as a part, mainly in the, in, in the part. So other people can uh, assemble this computer in, with our parts or, or taking whatever, whatever uh, products from us that they seem, they seem more valuable and integrating uh, with, the, with the others. So data center is, the, is a computer, is an architecture, and uh, many people implement this architecture. Also enterprises. The cloud computer is a, is a very powerful computer with its own tools and operating system and, 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 and uh, ecosystem. Some people, for various reasons, do not want to go outside of their premises to the cloud. So they can build or buy the data center as a computer and operate it using the data center operating system uh, capabilities or tools. It's it's like you buy the computer and we have Windows on top of it, right? So, and and is this the, the window equivalent is what you called NEMO? Nemo is a model. So large, large language model becomes the interface for people to program the computer. Okay. Okay. So it, uh, you can uh, see it as a loose ana- analogy to, to Windows uh, because uh, Windows gives you an environment that you can run the, you know, write the, write the C code and then run it there. Uh, large language model is uh, something that enables you uh, to interface with the computer in much more convenient way. And actually, it enables much more people to uh, write the programs instead of, you know, running, uh, learning uh, C and and, all these constructs and structures. uh, But is Nemo an equivalent to Llama or it's uh, different than Llama? It's, it's, It's a large language model that is tuned and optimized by NVIDIA to to our to our architecture okay. and and again going back into the history so you you saw this phenomena of uh, ai materializing at what point in time you realize the gen ai is going is 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 taking off like no one anticipated and and uh, what what or was or you just you know was observing from the side and said, wow, something is happening. Well, you know, when ChatGPT was introduced, it was, uh, I think, in November or, or something like uh, last year, uh, in the, uh, toward the end of, uh, end of last year, it was, it was just like an explosion. Uh, you know, it took uh, about five days to get to, five, to one million users. Just 
WhatsApp it took two years. Yeah. <laughs> Some other uh, like TikTok it took months. Yeah. And five days, million people. Yeah. Two months, hundred million people. Yeah. Now everybody uses uh, ChatGPT. And actually, you know, there's a uh, uh, multiple uh, LLMs uh, like Llama and uh, Bard and uh, ChatGPT. Everybody uses something. And and was there a point in time that you, you like? A year before that you said this is going to happen or did it took you by surprise like majority of the industry which no one believed that it will happen so fast I, I aside I, of this podcast that is going to break all the uh, the numbers obviously <laughs> <laughs> well uh, I'm not I, I, I won't I, I cannot say that I was expecting exactly this to happen in this particular time. But, uh, you know, being in this, uh, in this crowd and uh, in this uh, industry, it was clear that these uh, transformers are transforming yeah. the way, uh, you know, and uh, you look, look, uh, if you look at the la- few, few, few year, last few years, yeah. the transformers model was doubling itself every two, three months. So this is 2x every, every three months. And you know it, it equivalent to the more uh, law but just in uh, in a different uh, uh, well it's not uh, more law is is about you know very low level transistors okay yeah. here you see the model is doubling in terms of number of parameters and you know the the the, the computing power and the storage capacities or memory capacity you know it basically demand growing accordingly so people figure out how to make this uh, de- how to uh, address these demands and uh, uh, you know make these machines that will crunch yeah or, or run the model of twice fast twice bigger every quarter yeah yeah so that's uh, let's call that- it the Kagan one <laughs> <laughs> now tell me um, if if you look into the as, as you said you know uh, a million in few days and then a hundred million and So what, how, how do you foresee the, the evolving future? Is it going to continue at the same pace? Is it going to evolve even faster? Well, the, 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 the world is exponential. So everything is getting uh, faster than before. Uh, I think the Gen AI will transform uh, pretty much everything. From the, in the, from the biggest industries to small industri- industries to, uh, to home. Okay, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a new way of uh, accelerating our ability. Steve, Steve Jobs once uh, said that uh, we are human, we are building the tools that amplify our capabilities. Mm-hmm. And Gen AI is, uh, I think it's probably the most powerful, powerful tool that ever invented that can amplify our capabilities, our capabilities to collaborate, to work together. You know, the, if you look at the, uh, at the video conference, we just uh, talked about this, right? Video co- conference to the, today is just, uh, and better conference means you have a, a better uh, image translate, uh, sent from uh, one, one place to another. But, uh, you know, when you talk to somebody, uh, it starts with, you know, be, being able to understand. So language, there is a barrier. Well, almost everybody that uh, in the in the in the tech industry they uh, know English, but uh, sometimes it's really hard to understand accent or not everybody knows English. Or sometimes you uh, ask your party on the other side a question and he says and he does like this with the, with the head. What do you what do you, well, you know in in Israel at least you know this means uh, no. 
But in India, this means yes. Yeah. <laughs> so you need to have some, uh, in, not just trying to trans, to, 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 to send, you know, the exact audio and the exact uh, image that you say, uh, say on the other side. Yeah. You need to take this data, which is audio, video, body language, translate it to information, and then express this in the way that the other side will understand. But when you look into, uh, as, as you rightfully said, you say AI is going to, to change everything we do and the way we act and, and probably will touch all the industries. So I have two following questions. First, so is it the end of innovation? Because now everything is going to, uh, to be resolved <laughs> through AI? It is, it is start of innovation. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a tool. It's a bicycle of mind. It's more than bicycle of mind, you know. It's uh, being able to communicate much better means we can build or th- do. It's it's like a, you know, Jensen called it iPhone moment. iPhone moment means that all of a sudden the technology becomes available to much wider audience, much wider market, much much you know, and then it generates things, you know, creates things that you didn't Im- imagine before. You know, being able to uh, to buy a T-shirt from the other side of the world while uh, you know riding the bus uh, in the middle of the city is not something that you could imagine twenty uh, twenty years ago. And the same same going to happen here. Same going to happen here. I don't know exactly. You know, I can't say exactly what's going to happen. But this type of uh, technology uh, developments is you now it's uh, it's uh, now it will be available to much more people. Much more people will use it, so much more people will develop more appetite, and uh, people will find a way to take advantage of this in terms of uh, being able to deliver new services. To deliver new services, people consume the services, and and so on and so forth. At the same time, going back into what you previously mentioned as. There is always this race between the hardware and the software. So do you think that we have the right capacity and the right capabilities within the hardware to address the phenomena and the needs that will emerge from those new technologies? Well, right capability. Of course we have right capability, but just not enough. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we always, we always, you know, we are now, uh, we have, uh, uh the, 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 the open AI, uh, cluster, which is operated by, uh, by Azure actually built on our technology. And of course there's a uh, more machines, uh, machines on the way. And we are looking how to make, uh, these machines, you know, to be much, much faster, uh, but, Stay within the same, you know, reasonable uh, power and uh, and then cost budgets uh, you need. And then once we build this machine, we will start building another machine because this demand for uh, for compute power and uh, processing power and just growing exponentially. That's right. The, 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 there is a, the, if in the past we were building data centers by using general purpose computers just hooking them together, now it has to be accelerated. There is a domain-specific accelerator. GPU is, uh, is, is, is the most uh, you know, effective uh, one because it's uh, both very powerful uh, computing engine and, and on one hand, and it is also a very programmable computing engine. When you build uh, your next generation uh, silicon, uh, you, you know, if you focus on some problem of today, how to solve it by doing right gates, by the time you're done, 
its problem is not relevant. Yeah, <laughs> there's a new one. Old, so you yeah. need to you need to you need to build you know efficient machines on one hand and uh, and uh, programmable on the other. But from let's call it pure technological perspective, do you foresee an issue, or you believe we have the right means to address the emerging needs of this? Almost limitless power needed because of uh... well, the, you know, there's there's new technologies are coming uh, on the horizon, like uh, quantum computing. It will be uh, yet another uh, accelerator, and uh, that will be capable capable of solving the problems that we cannot tackle uh, in the same in the same performance as uh, with the conventional computer. But this quantum computer will also need another computer next to it. Because it's uh, it's like you know GPU does all the data that does all the data crunching, but it needs uh, CPU and it needs very fast CPU. That's why we that's why we uh, designed uh, Gray CPU. It's not just any any CPU. So this is this is something that you know I don't know when it's when it's going to happen. It's uh, there are some physical phenomena uh, that uh, needs to be uh, resolved. You know we we are we are looking at. We're actually building the machines that you can simulate quantum computer. So, because once you have this quantum computer as accelerator, you will need to restructure your application to take advantage of this uh, yeah. of this yeah. uh, of this machine. Like you need to uh, tune your application, restructure your application to take advantage of the GPU. So we have today a platform that will enable to uh, restructure the application. So once quantum computer uh, shows up. It also brings some security hazards because oh, of yeah. the uh, yeah. So the, those are but that, but let, let's park it for a second because I want to pick your brain on another topic. A few weeks back, I met Sam Altman, and one of the of, of the dialogues that uh, he was speaking about was also um, the the fee, the the fact that the industry as a whole, or maybe the, the countries and the nations around the Gen AI needs to look at it also uh, and, and to observe how not to abuse it. So what's your perspective about it? Well, you know, every new technology, every new technology, every new invention, uh, it can be used uh, to do good things and can be used to do bad things. And of course, we need to uh, take uh, you know right measures to make sure that uh, this technology does more good than bad. And uh, you know, there's, a, there's regulations, there's a new challenges of uh, IP rights. Uh, you know, when when you uh, generate the picture, or image, or video, or whatever, some art with the uh, with this technology, you know, whom does this? IP belong to, and uh, and of course you know bad people will take advantage of uh, and use this technology and uh, so. Do you see this uh, as some may say um, at the beginning of the end of uh, work power that machines will do everything? <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> yeah, I I I, uh, I frequently being asked you know whether whether AI uh, will uh, take my job. Yeah. <laughs> so I think as long as I use AI to do my job, AI will not take my job. If I don't use AI to do my job, somebody that uses AI will take my job. <laughs> so, you know, you th- think about this. Uh, you know, today, you, uh, 
you know, we work at the companies, people running the companies. If somebody wants to run the companies without computers at all, just, you know, write, uh, it's, not, it's not going to be competitive. Any, any company that has a computing as, as, as its infrastructure will take over. The same here, the same thing here. There is a new, very powerful tool uh, that was introduced, actually, you know, break, breakthrough technology. If you don't use it, you will become, be not competitive. This is for sure. Uh, don't you see any risks coming from uh, from utilizing uh, like you know maybe replacing some of the roles in the organization or, or uh, of, of adjusting course. we need to adjust to it yeah, we, yeah of course we need to adjust it no I, I, I you know Wells Fargo you know there's a bank and their their logo is uh, is the uh, carrot right the, with the horses because it used to be the carrot company. And um, there's when rail, rail, railroads uh, developed in the in the US, uh, these people gone out of business. So you need to reinvent yourself. You need to reinvent yourself. You need to uh, to take advantage of this technology. Some jobs uh, will uh, disappear. Some jobs will evolve. Yeah. Like you know, prompt engineering. You know, to 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 get um, most out of this uh, Gen GPT uh, Chat GPT model. Generative AI model, uh, it's uh, it's it's uh, it's a new capabilities. It's a new it's a new job. So th- this is an interesting phenomenon. So I want to learn more. I want to understand more. Um, I'm listening to this podcast. How do you offer me to start my journey into this uh, new domain? Oh, go to any one of the uh, publicly available. Uh, uh, large language models and start talking to it start uh, working with it you know if you my uh, you know besides you know this uh, simple things uh, about you know questions and answers i i i was trying to do some image uh, processing uh, on my leisure on my uh, on my pc and uh, i asked chat gpt to write python code to to do and it did it amazing so i could I mean, I could probably program Python by itself, but it would take me, you know, a week. I'm not, I'm not doing it every day, so you know, I need to learn and uh, just got it after a minute, and it just work, worked. So everybody can create Stop. create new new programs, and and specifically understand that uh, around October timeframe you're having your big event in Israel, yeah, right. uh, With we, your we, founder and CEO coming over, right? Yeah, we have uh, uh, on the middle of October there is a AI uh, conference, uh, AI summit in Israel. Uh, Jensen Wang is uh, CEO and uh, founder of uh, Nvidia is coming. There is going to be very interesting uh, announcements. Uh, obviously, I'm not <laughs> going to talk what uh, what's being announced, but uh, keep eye on this. There is very interesting, uh, very interesting developments. Good, good. So, few words maybe about again going back into a personal note, more of a personal note. So, you 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 were in Intel, you did the stuff, and then Nvidia, then Melanox, Melanox, and Nvidia, and more or less, you're at rooftop of the industry. Everybody speaks about uh, the NVIDIA chipset and your solution. So what's next for you? Well, <laughs> you know, if you would ask me what next for me 20 years ago, 
I would give you the same answer. It just uh, this technology uh, journey never ends. It's uh, everything is going to be, uh, you know, more and faster and uh, and more exciting. You know, 20 years ago or 25 years ago, when we started Melanox, uh, people were talking about who needs this and so on and so forth. Cloud was not even invented. I mean, this yeah. term was not uh, was yeah. not around uh, there. You know, when but, I tell my kids that when I was uh, their age, we didn't have mobile phones. Mm-hmm. They asked me if I walked with the dinosaurs. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 My, my daughter also asked me, you know, whether you were writing on the, on the stone. Yeah. No, no, I'm not that old. But. <laughs> <laughs> How do you find, the, speaking about your daughter, the balance between family life and work? Well, you know, uh, of course, work is demanding. My case is maybe a little bit special because uh, I'm basically the corporate uh, uh, corporate role. The most natural place for me would be the, in the headquarters, but uh, I live in Israel and uh, the hours are sort of not not very convenient. But you know you need to everyone need to find the find the right right balance. I have a, I have a very big family. I have six kids and 14 grandkids. so it's uh, you know just enumerating them it's an effort uh, on its own and uh, so yeah I sometimes I need to travel to the US I uh, many actually pretty much every evening I am uh, warning working late to late night uh, with the meetings in the with the headquarters but no vacations weekends good So first of all, we have something in common. I also have six kids, so uh, this is interesting, but I have so far no grandchildren, so uh, maybe in the okay. future we'll, uh, we'll share notes about that as well. Um, I wanted to thank you. It was a pleasure having you here and understanding a bit more into what happened and, and your personal journey, but also the, uh, let's call it the NVIDIA journey into Gen AI and uh, the future of this industry, which looks promising and rewarding. And thank you for sharing your thoughts and experience. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to The Future of Tech. If you like what you heard and want more, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. And if you have any comments or questions, feel free to write our host, Avisai Salin, directly on LinkedIn. Thank you.